superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You talking down on us, we live it up. How about that? This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ben Lyons. Chris Solomon from No Laying Up joining the show right now. What is it about this year's Open Championship that has you so dialed in? Balls are going to end up in some super weird spots. If you hit one offline, it's heading towards another group on another hole. Today's guests, NFL Network reporter Jane Slater, co-host of Men in Blazers, Michael Davies. Sports host and broadcaster Madeline Burke, plus actor Kevin Connolly. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Ben Lyons. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Rich Eisen Show. My name is Ben Lyons. I'm wearing a shacket, and I'm very excited to be here. What's happening, guys? What's happening? We've got a big show. It's the Friends of Ben show today. I love it. Basically, just went in the Rolodex and asked everybody to come on the show. I don't know what this jacket is you're wearing. It's a jacket. It's a shirt jacket. Can oh. we get it right, please, Brockman? <laughs> Sorry. I have a passion for fashion. You know, I was talking fashion with Dee Dee Richards yesterday. Yeah, you know? I saw that. Going off I mean, to, I was here. You know, so you saw it. <laughs> a shacket. <laughs> You saw that. Uh, how you doing, TJ? Light the candle? Oh, Got it's the headband lit, matching the shoes. going to be a good show. I mean, you got to match. That's what it's all about. You know, your boy Ro Parrish tried to teach you that. You yeah, know? you don't have to get ready because if you stay ready, right, you're ready to go. So we got the TJ's, uh, TJ's goats today for what division in the NBA? We're going to do We're going to do the Nuggets. Oh, let's do the greatest Nugget of all time. That'll be fun the on the show Thunder. today. Yeah, greatest Denver Nugget, greatest you know, uh, Oklahoma I mean, City Thunder of all time. Maybe throwing a Supersonic for the kids. Why not? Well, you know, I don't want to. The youth. I don't want to like give up any surprises that okay, might come. Okay, your all right, so that's way, coming ben, up later in the but show. But there's a chance, maybe. <laughs> You're doing the Schefter? There's a chance. It <laughs> might a be. Chance. It might be. You know, I was thinking, guys, on the way over here, because TJ and I tonight are going to the Sparks game. Uh, we're going to go down to crypto. First time I think I've been at crypto. Uh, I've been to Staples many times. But Just going to the Sparks tonight with, uh, with TJ, <laughs> and I'm very excited because going to games, I think, is why I personally fell in love with sports in, in the first place. And I know it's challenging now. It can be very expensive. Trust me, there's no worse feeling than spending $800 to sit in the upper deck of a Nick game in March and watch them lose by 25 points. I don't care <laughs> wow, how many threes that Evan Fournier hits. Very specific. <laughs> yeah. like I, I, I don't know. Has anyone else experienced that in this room? Um, but just the idea of going to games, especially when you're young, I feel like that's what connects you to your favorite sports, your favorite teams. I've been very lucky in my career as a sports fan to be able to go to the great 
temples and cathedrals of sports in, in, in America. Fenway Park, of course, with my dad many times. Yankee Stadium, Madison Square Garden. I went to Michigan, went to the Big House every Saturday. Out here in L.A., Dodger Stadium, the Coliseum down at USC. Last time I was there, I saw your boy Del Tufo, Drake, and Kanye. Wow, oh. legendary night. But back to sports. <laughs> <laughs> Going to games is where you really get a sense of the culture around the sport and what what it takes to be a fan and you the sights and the smells and the sounds and you make memories and that's what keeps you coming back to sports even when your team is 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 down in the dumps. I had a privilege about a month or two ago to sweat it out in the bleachers at Yankee Stadium. I went out on a Saturday with Madeline Burke, who's going to be joining the show a little bit later. Madeline covers the Giants uh, in New York and, and works for MSG, and we went out to the to the Yankee Stadium in the Bronx on a Saturday with my cousin Chris from uh, Wisconsin who went to the University of Wisconsin. He's from Chicago area. And uh, it was Lord of the Flies vibes in the bleachers. I don't know if you guys <laughs> have been uh, bleacher creatures anytime recently. Yeah, or? not recently. No, but no, I mean, you're, a, you know, you're a Diamond Club guy yeah. now, Brockman. I yeah, get it. I sit, I sit lower level. It's all good now. But yeah. back in the day, I was at the bleachers in Fenway, and it's uh, every man for himself. Yeah, and, and now the reason why I call it Lord of the Flies energy is because the day that I was there, being that I am a man, I was forced to take my shirt off at the game. It's very intense being at Yankee Stadium, where around the eighth inning... You hear somebody in the back, green shirt, green shirt, green shirt. And the only way to appease the mob was to take off your shirt. And there's thunderous applause, and then they've gone to the next guy. They were trying to get the cop to take off his shirt at the Yankee Stadium. That didn't work out. No. But it's just so <laughs> – now, I don't even remember who won the game. I don't remember who the Yankees were playing. But I'll, I'll never forget that day in the Bronx with my cousin and Madeline and my buddy Louie. Like, and it's these memories you make as sports fans that I think keep you coming back. There he is. There's my cousin, Chris. He was loving it out in the Bronx. Beautiful day, Yankee Stadium. That was with our shirts on. That was probably like the fifth inning. Seventh <laughs> inning uh, was when the Lord of the Flies vibes got in. But it got me thinking about the greatest games I've had the privilege of attending as a fan. Sometimes it's a game that you're so excited for. It's got playoff implications or it's a championship game and it's your favorite team. So there's a buildup. Other times, it's just a random Thursday and you're going to the ballpark. That's what happened when I went to the Clayton Kershaw no-hitter. Went to Wexler's Deli's, picked up some pastrami sandwiches, cruised out to Chavez Ravine, and next thing you know, I'm there in the building for Clayton's no-no. Probably the greatest baseball game I've wow, ever been to. that's incredible. How cool is that? You ever been to a no-hitter? I think about it every time I'm at a game. I've never been a no-hitter. I've uh, covered a high school no-hitter way back in the day when I was a newspaper reporter, but that's uh, really it. No no pro, no. Did you, uh, did you chastise the team in high school if it was like a collective no-hitter where there were multiple pitchers? No, You're like, this doesn't count, kids. It was one guy, but I would have told them that <laughs> it didn't have. count. Yeah, of course. You've got to stay consistent. So, you know, there's, there's a difference in those games. A game that you randomly show up to and it turns out to be a magical night or a game that you, you know you're really eagerly anticipating i remember the most disappointing i've I, i've ever uh had as you know the disappointing experience i've ever had as a fan oh, yeah. is when yeah. i went to the i was an eagles fan then i went to the last game at the vet the oh, old baby. vet sat in the upper deck the 700 level of the vet spent like four or five hundred dollars on tickets at the time that was everything i had i think and Joe Jurevich has scored two touchdowns and Ja Rule's booed at halftime and the <laughs> Eagles lost to Keyshawn Johnson in Tampa Bay. That was a tough, tough train ride home with the Philly faithful that night. <laughs> but I, I wonder for you guys, what's the greatest sporting event you've ever been to? Either one that lived up to the hype or one that you just happened to walk into the building that night? Wow, Mike, I mean, you've been to more been great to games. so many. Uh, uh, than we not when you sat in the have, truck and you worked the board and got a promotional okay. fleece. I would say, I would say buy, a, now buy a ticket. You paid for. 
I think that's the rule. You can't just be like, oh, I got a pass, and I went and saw Tyrese catch. 86 Mets-Buckner game. Ugh. I can't believe you were at that game. And the winner, and the win, the next game. That but makes I mean, me not want to be friends. What with was you. the aftermath like? What was the was seven nuts. train ride it was home? Nuts. <laughs> I remember because we, I think we drove in. I think we drove in that night, and I remember. I know we took the train. One of them. There's a I lot know, of Billy Joel blasting out of the stereo insane. on that car ride home. Shea, huh? The old Shea where you'd have to walk up that oh, like, out in center feet, see where the train was. So funny how oh, the universe crazy. works, Mike. Is that now here we are, 28 years later, and on that night, I think back to being six years old at Disney World, and my father passed out in the shower. Oh. I had Muscle Men. <laughs> remember those little action figures, little Muscle Men? Yes. And he lined up 27 of them <laughs> on the coffee table, and to this day. At the Orlando Davy Crockett Hotel or whatever it was, the Wild Frontier Hotel, my father <laughs> swears there is one muscle man sitting on the desk for that Buckner out. That's how, it. How about you, Brockman? What's the greatest game you've ever been to as a fan? I, got, I don't know. I, I think about the only Super Bowl I've ever been to was Eagles, Patriots, and Minnesota. That ended up being a, a phenomenal game, even though you know the team that I root for didn't win. Well, that game was over when the players ran onto the field because when they played the Meek Mill intro, I was like, oh, I just lost all my money on the Patriots because Philadelphia's going to win this game. Yeah, Meek Mill is also a, with, it's tight with Bob Kraft, so it's like kind of a weird <laughs> you know, Super Bowl for him. Uh, you know, I was at Game 7 of the 18 Eastern Conference Finals in Boston with Celta LeBron and uh, Jason Tatum going back and forth to each other. And you saw Celt- the Sox win. I saw the Sox win, but yeah. it wasn't like a great game or anything. You know, Game 5 out here in Dodger Stadium in 2018. You saw the Red Sox win the World, World Series. Series. You were yeah. in the building. I was in the building. building. Oh, my God. This like speaks a- to the entitlement of Red Sox Nation. <laughs> exactly. This is Also, like, Also, uh, let's be honest. I, I knew we were going to win. They were at the top 10 all-time team, the 2018 Red Sox. So I knew we were going to win the game. Oh, like, I can't believe it. A couple I got home runs in the like first I got hit by a truck. Well, I feel like that with Yankees World Series. I saw like four live. It was like now so like much winning five. in your like, lives. And my father, after I called him, you know, I'm a Dodger fan. I called him to congratulate him. Oh, that was a very big thing for me to do. Did he tell you to suck it? Well, he said, oh, they should have swept. <laughs> he said they should have swept. They should have swept. They lost the 18 inning game, the 19 inning game. That's ridiculous. The fact that you guys have four World Series now in the last 20 years is just, it's, it's a reminder that there is hope in the universe, that hope is a yeah. real thing. Hope, hope is a real thing. Hope yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. No, and it, and it yeah, actually plays itself out into forgetting that you were at a World Series game. Like, I, did for, I did forget that I was at a World Series game. That's ridiculous. I'm, I'm so focused on the losses. I mean, look, for me, the greatest game I've ever been to, I didn't buy a ticket, though, so does it count? I was working the no, game. No, you can't. No. Because I have that for the 2000 count. Open, because I'm watching this right the now. The Jeremy Lin game, gave Kobe and the Lakers. Oh, 38. you were at that game. I was at that game. I worked yeah, the blue can't. carpet that night. I got to interview The Rock and Idris and Ben Stiller. I was there count. that night. Ashanti sang the national anthem, and Ooh. she was upset. They put her in the second row, so me and Peter Rosenberg <laughs> got her seats. That was the best. Got the Ashanti seats at Jeremy Lin night at the garden but yeah i worked uh, that <laughs> night so it doesn't count i think paying with my dad to go over to those red sox yankee games in london that was that was probably the, the oh, best cool. games i ever got to go to and the most fun i had at, at an event but tonight that could change you know we could see something special down at crypto where we go to this crazy sparks game and it's just a night we never forget who knows tj yeah. that's what's so great about sports tj you've been to a lot of games what yeah, what's the greatest yeah. game you've ever been to yeah you know i've been trying to think about this i've been to a ton of games but like i 
can't think of any championship games. I tell you, one of the most memorable things I ever attended, I wasn't there in person. I watched it on TV. It was 1996 when the Yankees won the World Series, the game clinching. Uh, yeah, Charlie Hayes caught the ball. Yeah, the no, I, was in, I, was, I was at a bar outside, 16 years old, couldn't get in. Yeah, totally. I, I was at an establishment <laughs> in downtown Pittsburgh where Jenna Jameson was performing, and that was awesome. But like I said, I wasn't there in person. <laughs> so for a person, I would go Super Bowl 42, the, the David Tyree catch. I was in the building for that Super Bowl. Oh. So, yeah. I watched, I, that, I watched yeah. that Super Bowl in uh, Cairo. I was covering the movie Jumper. Remember that movie Jumper? Where they good, jumped around like, the world? Good movie. Yeah. Uh, better junket. We went to Cairo, oh. Rome, London, but I, I 3.30 kickoff. I ordered all the beers in the hotel and watched it at a little meze platter. It was nice. Wow. Did you guys like that story? I did not? like the story. <laughs> and I like how you TJ. took the greatest game you've ever Jeez. been to, turned into a story of you and Jenna Jameson at some bar in Pittsburgh. So that's TJ <laughs> Jefferson. Totally, totally random. 2007. She was at the bars all the it's perfect, uh, perfect season. I uh, was regular season. I would, uh, me and my friends road trip to Buffalo. Sat in the second row behind the Pats bench. Uh, Randy Moss had four touchdowns in the first half. That like totally random and was awesome. That's awesome. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. I got that was called nice. so many slurs in the Bills parking lot. It was uh, totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So yeah, let us know the greatest game you've ever been to. You can hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we're on Instagram at Rich Eisen Show. Of course, on YouTube, you can hit us up as well on, on our call in line eight four four two zero four Rich eight four four two zero four seven four two four. Going to games and what that does to you as a sports fan. Anytime my father and I hear the song Deo, Deo, we say Deo, we just laugh and laugh and laugh. Because I remember being nine years old at one of those trough urinals in Fenway. Oh, yeah. Oh, the trough. And a guy who probably drank a Wade Boggs level of beers, (laughs) but wasn't Wade Boggs, pulled up next to us at the trough and started singing Deo. So that song always brings a (laughs) a a smile to our face. You know, we wouldn't have had that if we were sitting on the couch. You got to go to the game. So if you can save money, if you can figure it out, if you can get a ticket. Uh, if you can go to some of these, you know, going to an LAFC game, going to an Angel City game here, going to some of these soccer games here, turned up, um, you know, going to a, a game, even if it's a team you're not a diehard fan of or a sport that you're crazy about, just a different experience to get an understanding of it. So I'm going to ask everybody who's coming on the show today, and we have a huge show today. It's the Friends of Ben show. We've got Jane Slater calling in uh, in about 10 minutes. I want to find out the best game Jane's ever been to. Haley Jones calling in, plays for University of Stanford. She's a baller. Michael Davies, of course, been a friend of the show for a while here at the Rich Eisen Show. Madeline Burke and Kevin Connolly is going to be in studio. So uh, we got a huge show today. The greatest games you've ever been to. We'll talk about that with Jane Slater, plus the state of TJ's Dallas Cowboys. Get into that next. Ben Lyons yeah, in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. This is it, you guys. This is it. The putt to win the entire tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Ugh. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? What are you doing? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system that gives you the full picture of your business. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need all in one place. You can automate your manual process and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. And that's key. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after they upgraded to NetSuite. 
Over 31,000 businesses already use NetSuite. This summer, NetSuite has a special financing program for those to upgrade to netsuite.com slash richradio. Head to netsuite.com slash richradio for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash richradio. Ben Lyons in for Rich. Jane Slater next on The Rich Eisen Show. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hey, the show rolls on. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I'm having a blast, you guys, this week being here. I feel like I won some kind of contest. (laughs) Honestly, this is a a week I really look forward to. Uh, I think it's going to be an annual thing now. If it's two years in a row, can we make it an annual thing? Can we get booked for summer 2023? I think we can. Let's just lock it in right now. Yes, all right. (laughs) Lock it in. Look at that. Be your own agent in Hollywood. That's, That's the key. Um, no, excited for uh, excited for Jane Slater to check in. We're trying to get a signal to James Bond's villa in Italy to get her on the phone. But uh, in, in the meantime, I want to remind you guys that IndyCar ro- roars through Toronto this Sunday with competitors facing a tight 11-turn, 1.786-mile street circuit. Wow. Stream IndyCar Streets of Toronto Live Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern only on Peacock. TJ, you've been to like a... a Big time NFL game. What's the biggest Cowboys game you've been to? Have you? You probably haven't been to that many over the years. <laughs> I, I mean, not that. I mean, many. I haven't <laughs> been to that many football games over the years. It's such an event. It's such an all day thing. Biggest Cowboys game, man. That is because you know I've gotten lucky. I've gone to some preseason. Well, games. Here's a better question: Are there are there big Cowboy games? Wow, here you go. <laughs> See every Put your game. damn act together. You know, Ben. All you got to do lately, is, 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 is no, since we exactly. are into statistics, yeah, just look at the ratings for. Every year for the highest rated football games, you're pretty sure to see at least yeah, two Cowboys. Sadly, games people there, so. slow down on the highway yeah. when they see a crash too. So yeah. I get it. Look, bro, you know? I mean, are you trying to come back or, or no? Because <laughs> I, I'm already booked for next season. You saw that <laughs> once I got booked yeah. on the show for next season, I'm start coming out for the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, how are you feeling though? Realistically, no jokes, no one saying you know one way or the other. But like genuinely, how are you feeling going into the season with the Cowboys? I mean, look, here's the deal, right? It, I believe if you're a fan of a of a team, right? Fan is like fanatic. So if you don't believe every year that your team has a chance to win, then why even like why, why what are we root? doing here? In the words what? of Chris Brockman, what are what we are doing? What are you even here? doing here? So people get mad when I say when they say, Oh, Cowboys fans think that they're gonna win the Super Bowl every year. Do we really feel like we're gonna win the Super Bowl every year? I would say if you're rational, no. But you know what? I'm going into every football season with optimism and joy. Yes, because positive it's fo- energy, TJ. Man, it's football. It's a game, man. And people get so mad, like, 
I'll hold this up after a win. And the amount of like tweets I get about how I suck and the Cowboys suck. It's like, bro, don't. It's not yeah, that it serious. It might be the worst four words in sports, but I get it. I but, get the point you're making. TJ. But it's just, it's it. fun. We should have fun with this. Yes. It's like we're grown men, and all we do is look forward to Sundays. And, and, you know, it's only 17, 18 weeks a year that we get football. So let's go out and enjoy it and have fun and, like, root for your team and think that your team has a chance to win. I, I do that every year. I know we're not going to win every year, but if I don't feel like this, then I'm not going to watch football because what's the point, you know? Like, let's have fun. That's Let's what it's have all about. some fun, right? We should have some fun when it comes to rooting for our favorite teams and, and for believing that they might have a shot, you know? Like putting Mac Jones in your top 10 quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Mac and Jones then just getting in, roasted on, on and in your fun. top 10 quarterback. I'm so you know? glad you did that because that's your boy. That's your team. That's my boy. Your or, list. or like, you know, just on a casual Wednesday, go have lunch in front of James Bond's villa in Lake Como, which I think Jane Slater did yesterday, right? Was that yesterday, <laughs> Jane? Thanks for checking in from uh, across, the, across the world. Appreciate it. <laughs> Is this the part of the show where we go, who's more bougie, you or me, Ben? <laughs> yes, a bougie off. A go. Bougie off? A bougie off. Go. I see your James Bond villa, and I raise you. Yeah, what do you got, Jane? Where, are, where in the world are you, Jane? I am in Dallas with my dog where it's about 105 degrees. I cannot wait to get out to Oxnard in training camp because when I was in L.A. for our big reporter summit, which was so cool, by the way, I think – uh, some of you that follow me, TJ, and uh, Ben probably saw this. Tori Spelling and Kelly Garth ended up showing uh, <laughs> up for our summit. That was awesome. Amazing. I know you would know. Uh, but, yeah, just getting ready for camp. I love hearing TJ. It's like the collective voice of the Cowboys. Everybody gets excited. There's new hope. Um, because even though they went in that 12-5 and run last year, it just felt like that playoff game against the 49ers where they ran the quarterback draw with, what, 13 seconds to go. They don't hand the ball <laughs> To the ref, there were just so many questions about this team and how, once again, it just felt like the wheels came off the bus. So I know there's a bunch, of, there's a huge fan base of fans just like UTJ, just very excited for camp and any Cowboys yeah. that comes out of it. NFL Network reporter and friend of the show, Jane Slater, checking in. And later on in the show today, Jane, we're going to have our list of top 10 wide receivers. In the NFL, we've got three lists, one from me, one from TJ, one from Brockman. How many of those lists do you think are going to feature CeeDee Lamb? You know, it's hard. I don't know what to make of CeeDee Lamb because with CeeDee Lamb effective because of Amari Cooper, and then we had some of the drops last year, or is he going to step up and really embrace that role? I think the biggest push that I kept hearing you know, whispers around the building was the frustration that they wouldn't get the ball to the playmaker. In other words, who is your playmaker? And it was Amari Cooper. If you'll remember when Cooper Rush was the starting quarterback uh, in Minnesota, he was the playmaker. You put the ball in Amari's hand and you win the game, a game that they weren't expected to necessarily win on the road. And so I, I think that's going to honestly be the biggest question mark heading into training camp besides who's going to be the kicker uh, is can CeeDee Lamb really step into that role. And by the way, they've got Jalen Tolbert, James Washington, and you're not going to have Michael Gallup the first couple of weeks. Uh, and then Noah Brown is always a really strong candidate that really steps out in camp. And then you see sort of flash them during the season. So maybe we see an increased role for him, but I have a hard time answering your question there, Ben, because I don't quite know what to expect from CD as he, as he steps into that role. I know that he does all the things the right way. He's been getting in a lot of reps. I have a ton of respect for him just as a person. 
uh, and as a human, but in terms of, you know, is he going to emerge as that guy in Dallas? There's a lot of pressure when he wore the 88. I just, we'll see. You know, I think there's a lot of question marks on this team, specifically offensively. Favorite one of my, uh, he's definitely one of my favorite young players in the league, so I'm keeping my eyes on C.D. Lamb this year. And another question mark in Dallas is around Ezekiel Elliott. D.J., of course, had him on his top 10 running backs list yesterday. Whether it's health concerns, off-the-field stuff, whatever it is, there's always question marks around Zeke. What are you th- expecting from him this season? And talk to me about the state of Ezekiel Elliott. Well, I saw him uh, with OTAs or minicamp. It was OTAs. And I pulled him off the side as he was walking out um, of the locker room. And I asked him, I said, how hurt were you last year? And he told me he had a PCL on his right side. And it happened after Carolina. I said, how did it affect your game? And he said it really Im- impacted his ability uh, to separate. In, order, in other words, to really like sort of get the ground and the burst that he needed. And so I get the sense that he's, you know, he's healthy. You know, these off-the-field issues haven't been a problem in Dallas really in the last three years. Uh, and it was Dak who even said, and of course they're best friends, so you expect this, but he said when healthy, he thinks Dak, I mean, Zeke is the best running back in the league. It's just hard when you've got guys like Dalvin Cook and whatnot who in the last couple of years have really emerged as strong running backs. What to expect from Zeke? I just, I think sometimes, too, when you get the contract with the extra zeros and you saw him do the holdout and, you know, shout out to his agent, Rocky Arsenault, that may be the biggest running back contract we ever see again, uh, just because we've seen how it's played out with some of these guys. Um, but I think because of that contract, there's been just increased scrutiny on him. And it doesn't help that you have a younger guy like Tony Pollard, who a lot of people think should be getting more reps. And I would also submit that with that offensive line, Zeke's first couple of years when you had Travis Frederick at center and you had a healthy Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, all those guys, that's why Zeke was able to be as successful as he was. And you've really seen a deterioration of that offensive line. And by the way, you're going to have a rookie on that line this year. Uh, you know, Tyron Smith, you hope that he stays healthy. We've definitely seen, you know, some of the injuries pop up in recent years. And so, you know, it's not just one thing, right? And so, I think there's a couple of things that are going to play in here, but, you know, I've seen him doing more working out in the last two off seasons than we've seen him do before. Um, But I think he's better when Dak's healthier and he's better when you've got a strong offensive line. I think that really does apply to any running back though. NFL Network reporter Jane Slater joining the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen show. Jane, it's that type it's, it's that time of the year. It's that time of the year when Dak goes shopping. (laughs) <laughs> Is he going Balenciaga this year for the linemen? What kind of, are we working Merces? Like, what are we doing for Dak shopping? Is he buying gifts for the team? What can you tell me about You're Dak? A label guy. The last time I was on your show, you talked about some, it was, what was it? Some bag that Zeke got oh, the, Dak. The Goyard bag? I don't know. I live, I live you know. Goyard. Goyard. I'm, I'm about fashion brands in the year 2026. You know, I'm already in the future, Jane. You know, it's like Kanye West over here. Well, it's I am wearing funny. a shacket. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Uh, a bunch of football players wear this spray ground, um, and I love it. And so shout out to spray ground. But it's these unique-looking bags and luggage that look like $1,400 Louis Vuitton bags. I think I paid 300 for one suitcase, and then, like, I've got a duffel bag like 120 But everyone thinks I'm the bougiest chick in the airport because it's all <laughs> matching. But honestly, it's really cheap stuff. And every time people ask me about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, go to Sprayground. So Sprayground, hit me up. I need some new stuff. But 
Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not a big label chick. I've never owned like a pair of Christian Louboutins or any of that. Well, Dak is. I remember that last year was such a thing of him buying stuff for the team or whatever. But what, talk to me about Dak and, and his health right now. That was also a big issue last summer. I remember with the hard knock stuff. So what do you expect from Dak this season? You know, that was a crazy thing coming into training camp is we were all shocked at how healthy that, you know, the, the ankle had healed. And then he gets that, you know, the injury in his non-throwing shoulder. And we're like, what is that? Or in his throwing shoulder. And it was a pitching, you know, something that, that pitchers deal with. And we find out they're consulting with the Rangers. And I think it was the Yankees. Uh, and that was just like a curious one where we didn't see him much of camp. Uh, but when you talk to him, you know, at mini camp OTAs, he just had a camp here in Dallas. He'll tell you this is the healthiest he's been. And of course, I get that we get into these famous, like, you know, it's the camp storyline, best shape ever, healthiest he's ever been, has had an awesome off-season working out as personal trainer. I get that. Uh, but I think more importantly, it's his mental mindset. You know, keep in mind, too, he was, not only did he deal with that ankle injury, he lost his brother to suicide. Uh, you know, there, I think there was a lot of question marks, you know, around that big contract. And then, of course, you also had this new coaching staff, and in the first year it was just it was a disaster, right? And so I just think... As a group, I was saying to somebody the other day, it felt more normal around there. And I felt like even Mike McCarthy, even though it's sort of a pressure cooker situation for him, you know, all, that coaching staff is in their final year, he even felt a little lighter. I, I just think those guys, you know, specifically Mike and that staff, they do better with the guys in front of them in the practice room. They, they, they're like some of our parents. They're not good with technology. And, and you saw that on the football field. It was a disaster the first season. And so – I just feel like everyone's kind of hit their groove. In fact, I saw Kenny and Mike uh, at the Kenny Chesney concert backstage, and they were, you know, all besties. And so the, the stuff that we – they're not going to basketball games in Duke like Jason and Mike was. I mean, Jason and Dak. But at least we're seeing that relationship building that I hadn't really gotten to see. And maybe it was there, but with COVID we just didn't get to. Uh, it, just, it just – it feels more normal. It feels like these guys, their mindsets are, are in a better place than they were heading into even last season. Jane Slater from the NFL Network joining the show. And it feels normal to have you on the show this time of year, Jane, because you've been covering the Cowboys and working with the NFL for a long time now. As you head into a new season, what can audiences expect from your performance this year? What are you focusing on with your game? (laughs) Uh, How to just formulate words out of my mouth. (laughs) You know, talking on TV live should be easy, but sometimes it's not. You know, I always, every year, I just try not to have some gaff on air like I had that ended up on, was it Jimmy Kimmel and all the, the shows? There's a certain injury that I will not say on air oh. ever, ever again, because uh, it just, it doesn't come out right. So, yeah, that, that's what we've learned. We're just trying to improve and grow, guys. Improve and grow in year seven at the NFL Network. Well, what I love, too, in addition to covering the Cowboys, is that you've got your finger on the pulse of, of everything happening in football down in Texas. I see you covering high school stuff now and, and really kind of expanding your reach. Talk to me a little bit about this idea that another NFL team might come to Dallas or come to the Dallas area and what that might do to the Dallas Cowboy fan base down there. That is the most hilarious news item that I've ever seen come out of Dallas. Keep in mind, Jerry wouldn't even allow for a team to go to San Antonio. Remember when the Saints were kicking that around? Uh, That didn't happen. And then there was a big, you know, scuffle a couple years ago, uh, or 10 years ago now. It seems like the years are flying by as we get older, Ben. When Jerry wanted to put uh, 
the stadium and Fair Park, which is, of course, where they have the Cotton Bowl and we do Texas OU Weekend, et cetera. And Laura Miller, the, the mayor at the time, wasn't having it. And so do you really think that there would be another NFL team that could come to Dallas and set up there at Fair Park? There's just no way. I find it laughable. So that's just one of those stories. It's, for me, it's like some of the free agents uh, that attach their name to the Cowboys every offseason. I'm like, I, I hate to wet blanket this for you guys, but that that isn't going to happen, and neither is two teams in Dallas ever. I just I never, ever, ever see it. Jane Slater joining the show, friend of the show. You know, of course, from the NFL Network. Jane, how has your job, whether it's advancements in technology or just the appetite for news, changed since you got your first gig covering football? You know, I, I, it's funny. I love football. I really do. Uh, but I think you know me, Ben. I'm obsessed with news. I mean, I live and breathe it. Uh, sometimes I just I can't turn it off, even though I should. I, I just I have such an appetite for news and information and just natural curiosity. That's why we tell journalists or young guys and girls in college that want to get into this. I said, the best way to get in this is just naturally be curious and be a little nosy. And that's certainly who I am. And so that doesn't just apply to football. I mean, that applies to the war in Ukraine. I think you and I were talking about the war in Ukraine at Super Bowl. I was like, Ben, keep an eye on this. This thing's going to turn into something. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just fascinated with, with all news and information. I just think the one thing that I struggle to get behind, and this would probably hurt me down the road as I try to get other gigs, is fantasy football. I have just been so bullish on this. I just refuse to participate. It just feels like so much extra work uh, to constantly be picking my players, and not only that, but diluting the fandom you know, for a particular team that you had growing up. I can't tell you how many people have tried to bribe me into joining their fantasy football teams, but I just won't do it. Jane, so shout if, out to the people who find the time in their days to do it. Jane, if you were doing fantasy football, you wouldn't have time to learn how to drop the rope on the wakeboarding. <laughs> I mean, when I, I, I wouldn't be able to work on my golfing skills, play with my two dogs, cook whatever. like DIY, you're like building a new patio, you're just replanting right, yeah. things, yeah, becoming a tennis pro. I'm like an onion, Ben. There's lots of layers here. It's not just football and uh, and that's it. No, but yeah, I mean, I find doing, yeah, I've got so many other things that I like to do, but I love my job, but it's nice to sometimes decompress. I mean, I would argue that like coaches, they want to decompress when the season's over. Not, not everyone is uh, old left need who goes on vacation is constantly watching film. <laughs> Some of us right. do need a break. Well, enjoy the rest of your time off. We look forward to your coverage all season. I appreciate you making some time to be a part of this show. I appreciate you showing me around Super Bowl. I mean, I was a deer in headlights, and you made me feel comfortable, so I really appreciate you. Real quick, it's so surreal, and I'm going to blow up his head real quick, TJ, so let me let me have this moment. <laughs> Growing up, I wanted to be on MTV so bad in E. Like, I was obsessed, and so... I always thought Ben was the coolest guy. I was like, here's a guy my age. He's got my dream job. Like, how did he do that? <laughs> and the fact you and I became friends is just honestly the most surreal thing ever sometimes. Like, you always give me the best advice, the best information. So I feel lucky to call you a buddy. And thanks for having me on your show. I love that Rich lets you do this. Thanks, Jane. I appreciate the kind words. Glad to see the check cleared. Thanks so much for coming <laughs> on the show. Jane Slater right, from Jane. the NFL Network joining us on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. Very curious what happens with your Dallas Cowboys this season. Yeah, me too. <laughs> go all the way, could miss the playoffs. That's what it is. And that's, that's, that's what makes it fun, Cowboys Ben. Fan. That's, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's the fun. Enjoy what, the journey, my why friend. Why we wake up early every Sunday, right? Yeah, like, enjoy the journey. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have... 
TJ's Goats, the greatest players for every NBA franchise. We've been doing it all week long. And today we're going to do the Denver Nuggets. I look forward to that. It's Ben <laughs> Lyons in for Rich on The Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich on The Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Ben? Uh, Denver Nuggets guard Contavious Caldwell-Pope has agreed on a two-year, $30 million extension to stay in Denver. KCP. How do I become a clutch client? Because it seems like all of those guys get in good spots and they get absolutely paid for, you know, probably not what they're worth. We were talking uh, this morning in our very serious and very professional production meeting about how you never practice your Euro step as a kid. These kids now, they all got Euros, Brockman. I didn't. Well, and- when I was going to, uh, you know, summer hoop camp, the right stuff. Uh, they didn't teach Euro because I don't think anyone knew what it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was and, learning the jump stop. I'm like, I, I just want to shoot threes. And I love how the Euro <laughs> was really uh, popularized by a non-European. Mano Ginobili. Yeah, I think that's right. great. Yeah, 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 everybody associates Manu with the Euro. Um, TJ, yes, sir. you've got some more of your goats today. Share with the class. We do, man. We do. We, well, you know, Ben, we got to like get Del Tufo time. There we go. He's no, going to set up the music. music you know, you got to go. Baby. <laughs> I wanted you to start. <laughs> well, like, we, like we've been doing, we're going to continue with this whole goat talk. You know, just kind of my thoughts on who is the greatest player per franchise. And, you know, one of my criteria is that they play at least three seasons for for the team. And then also, Ben, what they did as a member of the team, their impact on not only the team, but like the culture of the franchise and maybe even the culture of the NBA. So that's kind of how I was going about making these lists. Now we're doing the Northwest division of the association, and that is the Denver Nuggets, Minnesota Timberwolves, Oklahoma City Thunder, Portland Trail Blazers, and Utah Jazz. So I figure I'll start off with an easy one here. I'll go with the uh, the Utah Jazz. Now, you know, Utah Jazz have been the two uh, NBA finals. Of course, they fell short. Because they had to play Michael Jordan. Most people did fall short back in those days. But, you know, rich history. You've got, you know, your John Stockton's, your Mark Eaton's, players like that. I don't want to disrespect. Sad to lose Mark Eaton. Very sad story that came out yeah, recently. Right. He was such a beloved figure in that community. Yeah. And, um, and it was a bike accident, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, and the special, same thing happened with Sean Bradley. Yeah. Like, it, tragic. Special but soul. Ultimately, the greatest Utah Jazz player of all time is the mailman, Carl Malone. I mean, that guy at the time of his retirement, second leading scorer in the NBA. You know, the thing back in those days, Chris and Ben, is when we were growing up in like those 90s, we didn't really get a lot of West Coast TV. So you, you're really watching Carl Malone and Stockton through the USA Today sports page. And you're seeing this guy, Carl Malone's averaging 27 and 14 every game. And Stockton's got 18 assists. But we never really saw them growing up. But you know that they were great. And Carl Malone, arguably, you put him in the greatest power forward of all time category. So I think that was a fairly simple. Incredible to score that many points, too, without really having a three-pointer in your bag, yeah. right? The dude right. was just a bucket and yep. was so strong when you hear other forwards of that era talk about competing against him. Guys like Barkley and stuff, they just talk about his strength. Well, it seemed like, uh, to me, he was the first guy who kind of was known and really kind of glorified his own workout routine. Like, nobody lifted weights or that we knew of or was so outwardly open about it. This dude was jacked. He could have played defensive end. It's really wild driving around the state of Utah. If you ever find yourself in Provo or Salt Lake, they're just Carl Malone car dealerships everywhere. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
Everywhere. Carmel didn't he used say. to drive an 18-wheeler yeah. around like famously? And like actually would transport goods, I think. Like he yeah. was a trucker. <laughs> that still is, is true. Yeah. And also shout out Carl Malone for joining up with Hulk Hogan to take on, uh, you know, the... Uh, or oh, that's joining, right. Yeah, joining that's up right. with DDP to take on Hulk Hogan, yeah, Dennis yeah. Rodman, and the NWO back in the also World Also one of my least favorite days. players of all time, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was something about Carl Malone. As great as he was, he was yeah. just like... He didn't really resonate. There's things about Carl Malone I don't really like. Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Ben, look, you already got Denver Nuggets fans mad at you. Nuggets? Yeah, we got the Nuggets let's next. Not, let's huh? not upset. Let's get to the greatest really Nuggets of all time, We don't need we? to get into let's, the Carl Malone situation. I'm going to save the Nuggets. I'm going to go into the oh, Nuggets. Okay, save the Nuggets. We're going to save the Nuggets. We're going to okay. go into another uh, Northwest team, and that's the Portland Trailblazers. Mm. Uh, you know, the Trailblazers went to a couple finals or finals in the 90s, but again, they were in that era where Michael Jordan lived, so it's really hard to eat. And right? Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah Thomas. But, you know, the Trailblazers, they are former NBA champions. Of course, they beat Dr. J and the Sixers in the 70s. And rich history. I think they may have had the longest consecutive home sellout streak in, in, in the history. Back when it was the Rose Garden. Yeah, in the NBA. Great, great franchise. you got guys like Bill Walton, of course, who led them to the championship. You've got... Uh, Terry Porter. Oh, love Terry Marcus Porter. Marcus Aldridge. The late coming. Jerome Kersey. Jerome Kersey. Jeff Petrie. Um, Think about the great international players who touched that yeah, floor. Guys like Drazen and Arvita Sabonis. Sabonis, who I was really yeah. going to get into, and I was, I'm was. i glad you said that, because that was my next sentence. It was just like, can you imagine if we would have got 1986 Arvita Sabonis fresh off of, like, they dismantled or the Or if USA. they let Drazen eat. Yeah. Or just Sam like, Bowie didn't get hurt. That's the other big what if. What if Sam Bowie never got injured? But great history with the Trailblazers, but I'm going with the guy who was really looked at as the number two player for many years behind Michael Jordan in the league. That's Clyde the Glide Drexler. Clyde. Yeah, Clyde the, Glide, Clyde the Glide Drexler. The availability too, something yeah. we talk about with basketball all week long. I'm pulling up his stats right now. Every year, 82 games, 80 games, 82 games. The guy played. That's a big deal back then. Yeah, and, and you know, like I said, for, for Clyde, he was really looked at as like Michael Jordan was one, Clyde Drexler was two, and yep. although I don't think that Michael really <laughs> appreciated being and, and, and Chris, you can you can he comment on this with because others, you watched no? the last yeah. dance. I don't think he really appreciated Clyde being compared to him, and he really took it out on him in dream team practices, from what yeah. I understand. <laughs> yep. you know? yeah, he was really upset that other people existed on Earth. It sounds like <laughs> just the fact that anyone would have the audacity to be compared to, to him, try Mike. to also play basketball. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think Mike liked that. Like, I'm the only one allowed to play this. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so now let's go up to the uh, Minnesota Timber. Wolves, okay. Now, first and foremost, for the Timberwolves, I'm giving a shout out as I've been doing to Altoona's own Doug West. Okay, Doug West was a legend in Altoona, played for the Timberwolves for many years. Not the greatest Timberwolf ever, but he's certainly the greatest Altoona Mountain Lion to play in the National Basketball Association. With all due respect to Johnny Moore, Mike Isolino, and Danny Fordson, so I'm just giving Dougie West a shout out, but. Timberwolves come out. You're talking to Timberwolves. It's Kevin Garnett, really. The big ticket. The kid. I remember I wrote a column in my college newspaper when he was about to enter the draft. And I was like, it might be a mistake to draft this kid out of high school. I just want to look into the camera right now and say, KG, I apologize. I was so wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I was wrong, baby. (laughs) Is that your worst take ever? That... 
probably uh, yeah i would say i don't make very many bad takes so yeah that <laughs> oh, would be pretty bad kevin saying that kevin garnett might not be that great but <laughs> one of my favorite man. players to never play for the knicks one of my favorite all-time guys just love kg the intensity like the, 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 he, he was that dude man and i'm so glad he ended up getting a ring now let's go to the oklahoma city thunder and i'm gonna try to speed through this because i know we got some time issues basically guys what i did here and we can talk later about this i broke it up i went to give the seattle supersonics their props so i'm gonna say the greatest super seattle supersonic of all time gary the glove Payton. i know i realize they are former nba champions but to me when i grow up growing up this guy personified the supersonics i know they've got a huge fan base very upset they don't have a team i kind of hope that that gets rectified at some point soon but i wanted to give this Seattle franchise love because we're all big basketball fans. Hey, Brockman, what happens if Gary Payton guards Steph Curry in the NBA Finals? He gets absolutely worked. No way. Wow. Who gets worked? Steph? No, GP gets worked. Mm, challenge flag on the okay. field there. We, we can, I don't know. I, I take the glove locking anybody up. Yeah, I'm I a mean, big Gary you remember fan. Gary Payton held Michael Jordan statistically to his worst finals performance I'm a ever. Big, so, big Gary Payton fan. Yeah. Shouts out to GP. Good and then dude we're going to flip on to the Oklahoma City Thunder again, making this quick. It came down essentially when we're speaking just Thunder. Russell and KD. Whoa, Nick Collison? No. <laughs> Shout out to Nick Collison for his longevity. Come on, with if the I'm franchise. changing planes in Oklahoma, I might be able to tell someone I'm related to Nick Collison. <laughs> That's no? a good point. You do look like his little Yo, brother. Nick Collison esque thing going but on. I went with the MVP. I went with Kevin Durant. Um, much like LeBron James, if Kevin Durant spent any time on your team, then he's in uh they're running for your greatest player in your franchise. And it came down between he and Russ. I just went with KD. I thought that was the right move. The yes, right KD choice. is the best basketball player for every team he's on, every floor <laughs> he touches. That is his legacy. It is being the best. All right. Now Despite those t-shirt jerseys being the worst. Yeah. The God, radio no, audience who showed a photo of KD wearing one of those. What a terrible. Nice guys remember those. T-shirt yeah. jersey things. Hope everybody's fired for that one. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to finish this up with the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, the Nuggets. The Nuggets, you know. Nuggets what, Nation. I, I will say this. The Denver Nuggets have one of my favorite uniforms of all time in any sport. Those 80s kind of horizon type Denver Nuggets jerseys. A lot of great players from Dan Issel, the Fat Lever. But we're going to talk about the greatest player ever. And I, and I, bust, I basically boiled this down to three people. Carmelo. The Joker. Carmelo Anthony. And I had to eliminate Carmelo. Great uh. nugget, but maybe not the greatest nugget of all time. Then it came down to Joker. Two-time MVP. And again, 10 years from now, we're going to be saying that Joker is the greatest Denver nugget of all time. But we're old school around here. We, we like to show love and, and, and respect to the old school. So because of that, I went with Alex English. Yeah, that's right. The, Alex the English. Best Denver nugget of all time. He... I think 14 team stats. He's the all-time leader in points, assists, games played, minutes played, field goals. Alex English was a walking bucket. If I'm not mistaken, he led the decade of the 80s in points scored. I could be wrong about that. That just popped into my head just now. How was he left it. off the top 75? He's the greatest nugget of all time. He made the All-Star team like eight times. Mm -hmm. They were in the playoffs 10 of his 11 years there. Eight Went to a Western Conference Finals. Dropped 50 points twice. Yeah, yeah, dropping like 2,000 points back-to-back -back years. Alex English is the greatest Denver Nugget of all time. Yeah, and that, that's just my goat list. For
for that division, man. And as always, interested to see how wrong I was when I checked the comments on YouTube later on. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff, uh, TJ. We're going to have to do a couple more tomorrow, right, to close this thing out well, while I'm still we'll here? We'll finish one, and we'll, we'll leave Pacific for Rich on Monday. I okay. Think. Yeah. Okay. Just so he can uh, partake Atlantic in the tomorrow with our teams, yeah. baby. Let's yeah, go. You know, I, you know, you guys, I, I've, I've saved uh, talking about the Knicks until Friday. That's think, what, yeah. That's I think I've done a pretty decent job of not throwing too much Nick banter well, that's in we there. The we haven't broken out, down so Mitchell good. Robinson's <laughs> extension just yet. We're going to save all that for Friday. Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> going to save all that to, to Friday. RJ Barrett's Instagram, by the way, some wild promotions this summer. Yeah. The guy's out here selling avocado and lasagna and paninis. Oh, he's going to get traded to <laughs> death. Easy, easy, Brockman. <laughs> Don't speak that into the universe. Sorry. I hope he likes Utah. <laughs> Haley Jones from the Stanford, Stanford Cardinal. Coming up next, Ben Lyons in for Rich. <laughs> Why did so, you just have Cardinal as her name? I don't. It always threw me. It throws me off. It throws right me from off. the Stanford card. I, right. I, I just Some always get say it. it's like I never got. So you know, we we've been talking about won? Jokic a lot on on the show this week. And do you guys know that I was at Serbian Appreciation Night here in Los Angeles? <laughs> do you know this? <laughs> It's amazing. So oftentimes the NBA, they have these nights yes. to honor different groups of people, you know, Japanese appreciation night and uh, Serbian appreciation night. And the way that the season had rolled out for the Clippers, uh, they had picked up Boban and Milos halfway through the season or later on in the season. And all of the, the promotional calendars dates had been set. So on Japan night, they also made it Serbian night. There's a photo of me with Boban. Uh, I got to interview Boban at Serbian night. I introduced Boban to my father. That was a life moment. That was pretty great. Um, And then, yeah, I also, just for those out there who want to question, you know, I mean, my basketball credibility or who is this guy? How does he get to talk about hoops? Is he just a fan? Well, he's a fan with real access because at Serbian night, I had the privilege of dressing up like a hot dog and running out onto the court and shooting hot dogs into the stands. Yeah, so when you're looking for serious basketball analysis, when you're looking for someone to break down X's and O's, (laughs) has your favorite analyst dressed like a hot dog at an NBA game? I don't think so. So that was a very special night, Serbian night. Uh, at uh, Staples Center back then. Like I said, my father was in the building, horrified to see his firstborn dressed like a hot dog. It's a strong hot dog outfit. Yeah. And it sort of lets you know, too, the (laughs) state of things. When, uh, when anytime there's like promotional food, mm-hmm. it's never, that's never a good sign, right? Never I was at a, a Wizards sign. game once and they had burritos falling from the sky on parachutes. Yeah, not good. You know, so did let's you, keep it you... to t shirts, yeah. bobbleheads. Once we start shooting hot dogs, processed meat flying through the air, <laughs> it's never a good thing. What's the best hot dog you've ever had? Oh, uh, Grace Papaya. Grace Papaya, 72nd and Broadway, recession special. Pinks. The recession special, it hits every time. Pinks. Pinks, still, pinks is pinks. for the tourists, Mike. I still like pinks. Oh, no. I used, there was a good seven-year window where sorry. I would roll down my window going down La Brea and scream, you're all tourists, go yeah, back home. I'm a tourist still. I love pinks. The line is always around the block. No, tourists. not as much. It's, it's ridiculous. Died, it's um, Haley Jones from Stanford, one of the great stars in college basketball. Coming up next, Ben Lyons, in for Rich, the Rich Eisen Show. Serbian night was a vibe. <laughs>